the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God brings us together as the body of Christ so we can develop character together to prepare for the return of our Lord. That's Pastor Mark Finley, and this is Hope Lives 365. At Hope Lives 365, we believe God answers prayer. Keep in mind this telephone number throughout today's broadcast, 888-244-HOPE. Here is Pastor Mark Finley with today's Hope Lives 365. All through our lives, people are passing by us. Every day they're passing by us. We see the outer plume. We see their skin color. We see their dress. We see the car they drive in. But we don't know their hearts. We don't know their pain. We don't know their grief. We don't know their sorrow. We see them kind of like trees walking all around, and we pass by. The chicken passed by, but we didn't see him because of the feathers. We never took the time to sit and talk and chat. They were like trees walking around. I pray that every person that walks through these doors will be welcomed, will be accepted, will be loved and that nobody will walk in these doors and out these doors with the burden that they had when they came. They will say, here is a congregation that accepts people who they are. Whatever their background is, whatever their skin color is, whatever their dress is, whatever their education is, whatever their job is, that here is the community, the body of Christ where we come together with one goal to lead people to know Jesus. The one who said, come unto me, all you that are burdened and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. That we as the body of Christ see clearly others who come. That we are sensitive enough to ask the right questions, to listen to their hurt, to understand their pain, to pray with them, to encourage them, to give them that Bible text that they so need. The Bible says, Mark chapter 8, verse 25. Mark 8, verse 25. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and he saw every man clearly. The word clearly there, it implies that he no longer saw shadows or shapeless forms in the midst like trees in the semi-darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, touched his eyes and he saw every human being clearly. Oh, Jesus, touch us again. Help us to see broken, bruised, battered world dying without Christ and give us a passion to reach them. Oh, Jesus, touch us again and help us to see the people that come into our lives as people that need to know you. Jesus, touch us again and help us to know that every member of the body of Christ has gifts for service. Jesus, touch us again. Lead us from the narrowness and the littleness of our thinking and the narrowness of our human plans. Forgive us, O God, for at times making God as small as our plans rather than making our plans as big as our God. Forgive us for limiting the illimitable and seeing only dimly what you want us to see clearly. You see, 
when God touches our eyes again, we have something that I call spirit vision. Spirit vision is seeing the world through God's eyes. It's the divine anointing of the spirit that causes the scales to fall from our eyes so we view a lost world as he views it. Spirit vision is constantly looking for possibilities to do something more for Christ. It stretches beyond what we can be. It seizes opportunities. It takes initiatives. It risks its assets to accomplish its mission. It goes beyond conventional thinking. You see, the work of God on earth is never going to be finished if we try to do it with conventional thinking. Never. But if we recognize that God has called us as ambassadors for the kingdom, if we recognize that we are the body of Christ, if we recognize that God has gifted every one of us for service, we can go out and make an impact on northern Virginia for Jesus Christ. We can make a difference for the kingdom of God. Now, there are three aspects of spirit vision that I want to share with you. Aspect number one. When you have spirit vision, when God touches your eyes, you see yourself differently. Take your Bible, please, and turn to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. When you have spirit vision, when God touches your eyes, you see yourself differently. 1 John chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, right before the book of Revelation. Revelation, Jew, then 1 John. 1 John 3, verse 1 and 2. Three things about spirit vision. First, we see ourselves differently. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved now. What is the word there? Verse 2. Beloved when? When? Do you believe it's now? Are you certain it's now? Is this Adventist audience? Do these people here believe the Bible, Pastor? They should. No, they do. Okay, help me now here. Beloved what? Now. When is now? Now is now because if it wasn't now, it would be some other time, right? Beloved, now we are what? Children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. When you have spirit-anointed eyes, you recognize you're a child of God. And you recognize that God gives every one of his children gifts for service. And that you have been gifted by God for service. You are an ambassador of the kingdom. But somebody says, Pastor, Pastor, I'm not sure what gifts I have for service. Kortembu, who survived the Holocaust and survived a German concentration camp, tells the story of her mother. Her mother was old, arthritic, gnarled. They lived in a little apartment above Corey's father's watchmaking shop in Holland. It was a little village. And she tells about her mother getting older. And her mother would sit in this rocking chair, rocking back and forth. And her mother would be at the window of this second-story apartment looking down at the town square. And her mother would point to a couple. And Corey would say, oh, yeah, it's the anniversary. Mom wants me to write them an anniversary card. She'd point to another couple. Oh, yeah, their son is sick. We heard that through the neighborhood chatter. And we'd better bring them some soup and bread. Oh, there's a little 13-year-old boy. Corey's mother would point. It's his birthday today. Mom wants us to go get him a little gift. Corey's mother had the gift of compassion. An old woman, gnarled in a chair, would not live a self-centered life, a gift of compassion. 
In the church that I was telling you about that we're raising up in Illinois, outside of Chicago, a place called Burbank, Illinois, Elsie was our head deaconess. She was an incredibly amazing woman. She had the gift of hospitality. And nobody could walk through those doors without getting an invitation for dinner. We didn't have fellowship dinners every Sabbath in our church. We had them a few times. But I can remember going to her home, 15 to 20 people regularly every Sabbath. She had that tremendous gift, tremendous gift of hospitality. I've got a friend of mine who's a pastor, and he has an unusual gift of spontaneous witnessing. I mean, it's really unusual. He gets on an airplane, and before he gets off the airplane, the seatmate has known about Christ. And I asked him one day, how do you do it? He said, well, I bring the book Great Controversy with me. And he said, I just open the book Great Controversy, and I sit there and say, my, is this good. Mmm, boy, that is so good. Wow, this is outstanding. Mmm, 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 mmm. The person next to me begins, what are you reading? Oh, you want me to share it with you? He begins sharing with it. I could never do that on an airplane. I will confess to this audience right now. I just don't have the gift. When I get on the airplane, I pray, Lord, give me a few minutes of sanity and rest so I can read. Give me an empty seat next to me, you know. What gift has God given you? You may have the gift of compassion. You may have the gift of hospitality. You may have the gift of witness. My mother was an incredible woman. Had an unusual gift. I call it the gift of a sensitive heart. My mother would look in a room if we were together. Now, my father was the more vocal one. He was the head elder of the church. Mom was not like that. Mom was very quiet. But she would look in a room, find somebody that had nobody to talk to, and go sit next to them and draw them out. When you have spirit-anointed eyes... You recognize that God has not called you to occupy a place in the pew. That's not what God called you for. He's not called you. Whether you are young or old, he's not called you to come every Sabbath and say, oh, how's this church going to meet my needs? You know, what's the church going to do for me? That's an egocentric viewpoint. God has given you gifts. You are incredibly special in God's sight. He's given you gifts for service. It may be hospitality. It may be compassion. It may be a sensitive heart. It may be witness. It may be giving Bible studies to others. It may be giving out a piece of literature. But God is going to use you. It could be the gift of music. God has given you gifts for him. In the use of those gifts, we grow spiritually. And we fulfill our destiny. God has a future for you. Somebody says, Pastor, I'm kind of getting old. I don't know what my future in witness is. I have a sermon that I preach. I don't preach it to young people. I call why old people are going to finish God's work. How old was Moses when he led the children of Israel out of Egypt? He's 80. How old was Daniel when he had his first vision? It wasn't Daniel 2. When Daniel had his first vision, he was in his 70s. How old was John when he wrote the book of Revelation? In his 90s. Okay, so if you are 80 or above, it's your best years of witness and ministry for Christ based on the Bible. I don't know about that interpretation, but anyway. (laughs) God is going to do something through you. God used Daniel when he was 17. He used Daniel when he was in his 80s. God's going to do something through you. You're an ambassador for Christ. When we have spirit vision, we see things differently. 
We know that we're children of God. We know we're gifted for the kingdom. We know as long as we breathe, we have something to do for Jesus Christ. Now, there's a second thing we have spirit vision. We see others like Christ sees them. John chapter 4. When you have spirit vision, when you have the second touch, when God really touches your eyes, and I pray for it all the time. I pray for it. I say, God, touch my eyes. Help me to see possibilities. Help me not to see problems. You know, there's some people, all they see is problems. All they see is difficulties. No matter what you want to do, there's some problem why you can't do it. And that's why they don't do much. Pastor Mark Finley will continue with more in just a moment. Stay tuned. You can grow in your knowledge of God's Word by enrolling in online courses by Pastor Mark Finley. Go to HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. That's HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. When you go there, you will find wonderful courses such as Bible prophecy, discipleship, leadership, or improving your health. These courses are especially designed to help you discover deeper insights into the Bible. Go to HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. That's HopeLives365BibleStudy.com. Or call right now to register, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. 888-244-HOPE. Here now, once again, Pastor Mark Finley. That's why I don't do much, because all I see is problems. God says, look... We serve a big God that's greater than the problems, greater than the difficulties. When people say to me, how are we going to reach the Muslims in the Middle East? You know what I tell them? I say, look, we didn't know how we were going to reach Russia either. But God caused communism to fall and that opened up. Didn't know how we were going to reach China either. And God is opening up China in amazing ways. We are going to go there. We are just negotiating now an invitation from the Chinese government to have a major evangelistic meeting in one city in China. So God is doing some incredible things. We serve a God that is larger, that is greater. And when we see the eyes through Christ's eyes, we see the world through Christ's eyes, we say, this world is winnable for Christ and for his kingdom. Look at John chapter 4. You see the difference in the ways the disciples looked at things and the difference in the ways that Jesus looked at things. That's a good contrast here. Jesus comes to Samaria, John chapter 4. John chapter 4, Jesus comes to Samaria. And when he comes to Samaria, the Samaritan woman is one to Christ. Very unlikely prospect. The disciples come back and they're amazed. She leaves her water pot by the well in John 4 verse 28. Runs and testifies. She can't give a Bible study, but she tells about the Christ that she met. And these white-robed Samaritans begin coming through the fields And Jesus sees the harvest, not of grain, but of people. Verse 35, Jesus says in John 4, verse 35, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They're ready and white for the harvest. See, this is what Jesus says to you, to me. He says, look around you. Look at the university that you attend. Look at the job where you work. Have spirit-anointed eyes. Look at the hospital that you are working at as a nurse or as a doctor. Look at the dentist's office where you work. Look at the neighborhood where you live. Look at the stores where you shop. Look there. And with spirit-anointed eyes, know that there is a harvest for the kingdom of God and that I can use you to share my love and grace with others. Dr. Debbie Shetty is probably one of the most amazing men today really in the world. He's an incredible man. He has about 16 or 17 hospitals in India. His hospitals 
are all computerized. And by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, Dr. Shetty knows the profit margin that he's made in his hospitals by 2 o'clock. He only wants to make about 8 to 10% profit. Once he has made that, he knows he can run his hospitals. From 2 o'clock on, he opens the hospital free to anybody who needs help. He is a cardiac pediatric surgeon, and he saves the lives of children. His story is an amazing one. One day, he received a phone call when he was a young physician. And the call was from his senior medical officer. And he said, I want you to make a house call. Dr. Shetty said, I'm a resident. Have the person come to my office. The senior physician, his boss, said to him, no, you go to their home. This is a special patient. It's Mother Teresa. And so he went to Mother Teresa's home. As Dr. Shetty went to Mother Teresa's home there in India, he began a relationship with her that lasted for many, many years. He became her heart special. She had three stints in her heart. One day after she had a stint in her heart, she was in the hospital, and Dr. Shetty was going to the children's ward. And he was going there to check on some very difficult patients, little children that he had done heart surgery on. And Mother Teresa said, can I go with you? I'll pray while you work. And so he said, sure. So she came, and she would go day after day into these little children's wards and see these children that are on the verge of life or death and see Dr. Shetty, and she'd pray for them. One day she was with Dr. Shetty, and Dr. Shetty had a little baby, a baby that was two and a half to three pounds, that he had operated on to save the baby's life. The baby had tubes up its nose. It had cardiac operation. And so Dr. Shetty held up the baby and said to Mother Teresa, I just have one question for you. Where in the world is your God now? He must have forgotten about this one. Mother Teresa didn't miss a beat. She looked at Dr. Shetty and she said, you know, Dr. Shetty, my God's pretty busy today. He had to deal with thousands of babies like this. And he put this baby in your hands to care for it. Don't let him down. And she walked away. Shetty said he went home that night and he couldn't sleep for two nights. He said, every baby that I treat is a child of God. Put in my hands by God. I will never see people the same way again. They are children of God created by God. That boss that yelled at you this week, that almost wanted to make you quit your job, is a child of God. That lady that criticized you this week at work is a child of God. Those teenagers that play their music so loud that you couldn't sleep in the neighborhood last night, yes, they are children of God. When you have spirit-anointed eyes, you see people differently. You see yourself differently. You're a child of God. You see others differently. They're not trees walking around. They're children of God. And you see the world differently. You don't see the world as a wicked, evil place, though it is. You see a world that Christ wants to redeem. And your goal is not to run from the world and save yourself. Somebody said the Christian in the world is like a boat in the water. It's all right if the boat is in the water, 
as long as there's no water in the boat. If you don't understand it, ask your wife. She'll explain it to you after the sermon. The Christian in the world is like a boat in the water. It's all right if the boat is in the water, as long as there's no water in the boat. God has not called us to monasticism. He has not called us like Simon Stylites in the Middle Ages to get up on a pillar and watch the world be lost. God leads us from the world to send us back into the world, spiritually empowered with his grace to touch others. When you have spirit-anointed eyes, you see yourself differently. You're a child of God with gifts of God. When you have spirit-anointed eyes, you see others differently. You see them redeemed, created by God. You see them as potential candidates of his kingdom. And you see the world differently. You see the world differently. You know, I love that old song, Be Thou My Vision. O Lord of my heart. It was written 1,500 years ago by Dallin Fuggle in Ireland. The hymn's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's a prayer that Christ will be our vision. He'll be our best thought, our presence, our light. What would it really mean if Christ were our vision? It would mean that instead of seeing the world through the eyes of Madison Avenue advertising agent or a Hollywood movie or TV newscaster would see the world through Christ's eyes. What would it mean if Christ really were our vision? It would change our lives because seeing the world through Christ's eyes would cause us to love as Christ loved. It would cause us to focus less on getting things that we want and more on giving what we can to help others. What would it mean if Christ really were our vision? It would cause us to care less about other people's opinions and more about the direction God would have us take in our lives. When Christ is our vision, we see all things clearly. We see ourselves as Christ sees us, sons and daughters of God, redeemed by his grace, gifted to serve, ambassadors for the kingdom. We see others as Christ sees them, potential candidates for the kingdom of heaven. We see the world as reachable for Christ. What would it mean for Christ to be our vision? It means that we're willing to seize every opportunity to expand his kingdom, to make visionary plans, it means that we're prepared to take risks for his cause because everything he asks us to do, he empowers us to do. Will you join me on a journey of adventure? A journey of adventure. Personally, in your life, God has an amazing adventure for you in the future. You and I do not know this week or next week or next month, but you're a child of God. You've been gifted by the Spirit. God is going to open opportunities for you in your life that you cannot right now imagine. Will you join me on a journey of adventure? God's going to do some things in Northern Virginia that's going to make the angels sing and heaven happy. Not for our sake, but for Christ's sake. This is a church that will not accept the status quo. If you have come to this congregation simply to sit we are going to urge you to reconsider having Jesus touch your eyes again. Because we are called not to sit, but to serve. Not to be ministered unto, but to minister. We are called to have Jesus touch our eyes again. The words of the song go like this. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart.
Naught be all else to me save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, walking or sleeping, thy presence my light. I love the third verse particularly. Riches I heed not, nor man's empty praise. Thou mine inheritance now and always. Thou and thou only, first in my heart, high King of heaven, my treasure thou art. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. We are a listener-supported ministry and would love for you to partner with us as we continue to present Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in practical, relevant ways. Call 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Visit the website hopelives365.com to find out more about Pastor Mark Finley and Hope Lives 365. Call 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673 or visit hopelives365.com. Thanks for listening today to Hope Lives 365. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.